Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome again to Mile a Minute Movie Talk. And, of course, this is Dylan from Diligent Picks and my co-host, Lucas, of Liberia Films. How's it going, friend? It is going well this week. Saw a lot of movies. Got nice. a lot to talk about. How about you, sir? Pretty good, yeah. It's been a shorter shorter break in between. We were just here on Thursday, yes. and we are back. It's already Tuesday. I do think that this is the most movies I'm coming to the table with, though, which is kind of funny. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a nice list for you guys. I'm hoping will probably be a little bit of a shorter episode than last time. That's the goal. But uh, we're going to do a brief update on the awards season. Uh, there's been a little bit of a controversy with um, a particular film, which we will discuss shortly. Uh, we will talk about some stuff that uh, on our Watch With Us list, including The Last of Us and The Banshees of Inishirin. We'll go over some new movies that came out in theaters this week. Well, will be coming out in theaters, <laughs> as well as new Blu-ray releases that came out today. Uh, and all the movies we've watched this week, as well as what we're hoping to see soon. Yes. So, Lucas, would you like to lead the way on this award season controversy that we uh, yes discussing little little just touching on uh the two leslie controversy which was short-lived because it's already been solved today <laughs> when the board met but yeah there was a uh, some some questioning about some possible shenanigans going on with their campaign um that they might have violated something done something that was against the code that they kind of have in place for campaigning for actor awards or just awards in general um we've seen it before like i think it was in 2013 or 2012 somewhere around there that a song was taken away uh its nomination because of violating how their campaign and so uh but yeah this didn't happen for them they said that they're just going to clarify make more clear what you can and can't do uh which i think is the best account because there wasn't really like hardcore evidence they uh they kind of just did some stuff that they shouldn't have like maybe a little bit not nice like you're not supposed to compare uh not supposed to promote your campaign where you're comparing your actor or actress or whatever you're campaigning for to a competitor and they did that like multiple times and then also they targeted hollywood for their campaign rather than like like uh, having a big campaign for like for your consideration for people they like targeted by using their friends and connections which i think technically isn't against the rules but some people don't like but yeah i think it was mostly just how they were doing the comparison thing yeah it was um i i just remember reading that they're they're, generally you're not supposed to name any other nominees Mm -hmm, exactly any kind of campaigning and i know there was a particular um Instagram post that someone had put up that mentioned, I believe, Kate Blanchett, maybe a few others in the lead actress, you know, running uh, contenders. And that had since been removed during this investigation. So there was a lot of concern that maybe um, the film To Leslie and Andrea Riseborough's nomination would get rescinded. But yeah, I think. This was probably the best thing to do because, you know, at the end of the day, if they would have, as much as I would have loved to see an actress like um, Viola Davis for The Woman King or um, Danielle Deadweiler for the film Till, as much as I would have mm-hmm. loved to see one of them get a nomination as deserving as they were, I feel like 
not doing anything in this instance is probably the best thing for everyone because it's it's like the damage would for like Andrea Rasboro that could like you know that could kind of ruin a lot of her career aspirations yeah. in the future. And I just feel like yeah, it it just would be like really weird for them to like rescind something like that. Unless it was something really egregious, and it really wasn't, uh, according yeah. to their rules. It was just kind of like some stuff that you shouldn't do, but it wasn't like anything like crazy where they're like going directly after voters and like having them through their connections being like, you got to vote for her, blah, 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 you know. At least there's no concrete evidence of that, and they deducted that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Definitely, definitely an interesting nomination. I think that was just like the thing, and then... From that, people were like, well, now that there's this controversy, maybe that's why. And so it kind of blew it out more instead of like if this happened to one of the other nominees that were more predicted to get in. Yeah, for sure. So I think at the end of the day, I'm I'm happy with this decision. I don't I was not upset by anything that was done. I, I, I was upset by that, you know, like I feel like maybe there was more deserving uh people in this category except yeah at the same time i haven't seen yeah exactly all of these can, films yeah out of out of all these we haven't i haven't seen like maybe one or two and two leslie's will probably gonna be one of the later ones i watch mm-hmm. but maybe moving it up now just to get it out of the way and it's not that long <laughs> of a film so i might might try to squeeze it in more before i watch a lot of these ones that are way longer <laughs> yeah for sure well i think that's 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 probably going to be the extent of our Oscar talk this week. Yes, we did plenty of it last week, and thank you yeah. for all of you who sat through that. We we could not help ourselves. There was a lot to discuss. Yeah, <laughs> we will we will definitely trickle on it. Uh, you know, in our in our conversations here, but we will make sure uh, come come the week before the Oscars, we will do a full prediction, giving our uh, our, our personal favorites as well as who we do think will win. Yes, yeah. Uh, once we've had time to see a lot of the more ones that have actually been nominated, since we both yeah. have around just over or less uh, 20 movies that we haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I, I want to say that we're hinting at more right now. Definitely more. I'm, I think I'm at 22 I need left. <laughs> actually, unfortunately, the, I will, the last thing we'll say about that is there's a good like five to eight films that are not even available in our area or on streaming yet. So yeah. who knows if I'll get to see them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It got till March, but you know. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get distribution. But. So with that, shall we go into either one of two, The Banshee's um, Sharon or The Last of Us? I think the biggest thing is The Last of Us, the mm-hmm. essentially short film that has of an episode that has taken over uh, pretty much all like film and TV talk on the internet I've seen since mm-hmm. the episode came out. All I'm seeing on TikTok, all I'm seeing on Twitter is that. Um, yeah. People posting stuff from that, from the game. And pretty much the consensus outside of some uh, not great judgment or not great uh, sounding critics is that it was just a great episode and it did what it did in such a masterful way as well as departing from the game in such a tasteful way, mm-hmm. I would say. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely the biggest thing coming out in like film and TV in the last couple of weeks is just Last of Us. But this episode definitely has hit the pinnacle of its just talking points. And for as much as the first couple of episodes have people saw, this one is just definitely staying out there in like all the discussions online. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I think from my perspective of the first three episodes so far was I felt that the opening of the very first episode was very was the strongest we've seen with like the performances of uh, Joel and his daughter Sarah and like that, yes like those that whole like like mini like almost like short film in and of itself was amazing and then I think I've enjoyed everything else since then I haven't been like too blown away but I'm this is also a perspective of someone who has not beaten the games I've played the first <laughs> game but I haven't beaten it and I don't yeah. remember a whole lot I don't remember how far I got I don't even know if I remember Bill you know yeah okay yeah so um, I think that what will be interesting is if we continue these discussions is seeing your reaction to these mm-hmm. images versus mine. Because I think yeah. we're going to have very different opinions uh, in, in terms of the overall scope of the series. Like, especially if you can remember what happened and what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Because um, yeah, I'm pretty good at, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> familiar with the game. I played it. I watched someone play it. And then my girlfriend was watching someone on YouTube play it recently. So I've seen some parts, but I remember, I think Bill, I kind of watched a lot more of from when she was watching it. So, but yeah, his whole sequence in the game is completely different. He lives in a completely different area too, even though it's like X amount of distance out of Boston. Um, He's like more of a like small town rather than like with like, but they're all like, you know, buildings, not like just houses. He's like kind of, put himself into that area but uh in this one it's like way more rural and uh i i do like how his character kind of like is i take because that's the one thing that we have to think about in this game i mean the game was made before like the whole uh election of 2015 2016 and so um this character uh that get that's when the game came out in 2013 so that's when the timeline kind of ends but in this one now it's 2003 is when the timeline ends from our timeline is when the apocalypse first starts happening, uh, September 26, 2003. So it's more interesting kind of seeing like that dynamic with him being kind of like the prepper and stuff. And so it's, it wasn't as much of like a big thing in society, I guess. I mean, there was like always those like conspiracy theorists stuff, like characters and shows and movies in the nineties, but like at least in like a cultural sense, there wasn't as much. And so it's kind of cool watching him at that point doing that. But, um, to go back to the beginning of the episode, I really liked how the, it began. Um, this is the first one that we haven't gotten a cold open in. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in the sense of that it's not set in the mainline universe. I did think that was really cool because mm-hmm. I think, you know, from all the reviews I've seen, a lot of people have really enjoyed <clears throat> the cold openings and <clears throat> yeah, seeing what happened in the past and then going to the present. And a lot of people have been questioning whether that's, going to continue and Mm -hmm. and kind of hoping it would so when they didn't have a cold opening and when it it, when the way they transitioned it was really well done exactly this great scene where joel is having explained to ellie why there's all these bones scattered Mm -hmm. in this area he doesn't want her to see it and then she goes and looks and he has to tell a story of what happened um and then there's this great transition where we see the bones turn you see like the clothing of someone yes. and their skull or their bones you know backpack or something like that yeah and then it transitions into the actual people in that time and then they slowly kind of like if i recall they like pan out and go away from yeah them, but then you get, to, you get you just get bill and his perspective of all of all these people that are being transported away yeah right. 
Yeah, I did. I did like the opening as well because it kind of served as like a cold opening of some sorts, but not like at, you know obviously as the way, but served as like kind of showing Joel's aspect of like what he did going there, how he got there, and then also kind of like having Ellie have her first kill. I don't mm. think she's said in the show that she's killed the zombie because I know she was bit, but I don't think she killed it. She never said that she did. So kind of like her first like thing, kind of having this moment with that. Uh, zombie where she kind of like stares at it stares back at her and maybe she's like reliving some memories from when she got bit um because if you played the game small small spoiler someone was there with her i'm not gonna go into detail about that just in case you want to it gets put out in the show but yeah there's someone with her and so something might have happened to them and so this is the first time she's essentially face to face with the zombie since that probable sequence so that was kind of interesting but yeah i really liked how it kind of blended in to you see this outfit kind of tattered on this one, and then you see like a really small skeleton, and then like a blanket kind of pattern, like a kid pattern with rainbows, and then it pans out, and you're like, oh, that's the mother and kid right there that are going to get killed. And I was like, that's super dark. And then it pans in to good old Bill in his bunker, and then we just go off for there. He goes, they take them off, and the town's his. And then so he's like, hell yeah. And so he just goes and does all the stuff that he wanted to. And then leading up to that point, you know, he future proofs it, all that stuff. And then he gets runs into Frank through one of the traps that he set. And that's a huge difference from the game in that um, or not a huge difference. I'd say they were partners in the game. That's what they say. And the way that he talks about him in the game, it's very coded that they were like in a relationship together rather than friends because he calls him his partner multiple times rather than like, oh, my friend, that's my friend who did. And the way that he talks about him is very reminiscent of like someone talking about someone that they loved passing away rather than a friend. And just he's he's like talking about like he's oh, that he's the only idiot that would wear a shirt like that when he finds his body dead in the game. And that's one big thing in the game is that he's dead uh, because they went their separate ways after fighting so much. And that's something that was different from a big departure in the show. And that's what thing that I really liked is that they're not trying to make everything as grim as they can, even though it's still sad um, how they eventually end up. But it's really nice to have like a hopeful, even though very sad episode, which is what it was. Um, but yeah, there he takes Frank in and they form this relationship, uh, just bonding the, the first two humans uh, first human that Frank's really interacted with that it wasn't hostile, it seems. Or, not Frank, sorry. Bill has interacted with hostile, it seems. Frank was in a group that they all died, is essentially what he says. And then they kind of just bond there. And then it takes us through the years, which is which I really liked um, through it. Uh, how about you? Yeah. Leading um, up to that point. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, it was, I, I think up until we got to Frank, I was kind of like, I wasn't as into what was going on because I, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't as familiar with Bill, but I was really, I was really interested in who he was and Nick Offerman, especially this was seemed like a really in- interesting role for him to pursue because I'm so used to seeing Nick Offerman as, you know, Ron Swanson and yeah. Parks and Recreation and that, that comedy comedic style character. So it was really great to see him in a, in a more dramatic role. Yeah. And, um, I, I really loved how it played out with him and Frank because you didn't really know where it was going at first. You know, he finds him, he brings him in, lets him take a shower, cooks him dinner, lets him play on the piano, and then all of a sudden they're in bed together. <laughs> you know, it was just yes, like, yeah. You know, it was great that they, like, 
um, decided to do something like this because, especially because there aren't a lot of um, series that I've seen personally where a gay relationship is done as well as this was. Yeah, and it felt I've, very reminiscent of like the early like queer cinema mm. of like maybe or not early, but like the new queer cinema of like the 90s and 80s where there's very much more focused on like the characters rather than like the tragedy of the characters, which is something mm. that is really like hard to departure for in like at least gay relationship cinema, because a lot of the ones coming out of that time are relating to a lot of the like AIDS and stuff that were going on. And so it was living through that and living through the bigotry that they had to face. Whereas you have a relationship in this where it's two people that are in a taboo relationship. But then like, remember this is 2003. So they gay marriage is still illegal in this world. Um, you're coming out of the Bush administration. So, you know, this is very, very, I mean, people lived gay lives and had these relationships at that time, but it wasn't as a big thing in our world at, at least in America, as it was today in our real world. So it was kind of really nice to see kind of like this relationship happen, as well as just like two people bonding in a certain way that they probably never had before because just how they grew up and how they lived. Where we know with Bill, he hasn't, but Frank, he might have, you never know. But it's very, very something that like Bill has never lived his life. It's kind of how you feel at that point. I think, I don't know, remember if that was a quote, but. No, it's not a quote, but it's like Bill had survived up until that point, but Frank helped him learn how to live his life. And that's kind of like something that was like really important, I think, with this story compared to the one in the video games. The video game just shows the tragedy of not being able to save the people you love with their story and kind of the brutness and the sternness of yourself can get in the way of saving someone. Whereas we've kind of seen that with Tess and Joel's dynamic is that their separation and their... um kind of not headbutting but like them not being able to like be one and one with each other they weren't able to save each other in the way that they wanted to and so bill and frank's storyline really shows you that like if you're there and like what you can do to protect the one that you need to and like his whole note that he had was just so great and like detailing that out i think that's the really important part is having this story compared to the one that was in the video game is that it really shows you a dynamic in between the kind of character that joel is realizing he has to become and being like a savior and a protector for someone that needs him and that's how bill was for frank and that that was really like important also on that note too i really love how bill and frank kind of have it a more dynamic with tess and joel a little bit at compared to the video games he like they knew of them but uh in the video game joel didn't know who frank was and never met him or in this one they kind of have like a friendship where they like do double dates and stuff which is kind of cute and they have more of a uh, a dynamic where they're interacting, where in the games they kind of just run. You feel like you they knew Bill like a little bit in the games, like they they ran into him a couple times doing runs, and but not as much as they do in this, especially kind of fleshing out Tess and Joel's relationship a little bit more too, which I really liked. Yeah, I, I there was a lot of things I loved about how they depicted this relationship, especially because they had the um the sort of like three main sections that they showed where it was like you know right exactly the and then what was it i think four years later yeah four years was, and then there was like 13 and then right before where they arrived yeah and i like seeing the relationship grow and change how there's this great moment where like frank's like oh i want to paint i want to do all these yeah. things and 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 like and he's like oh and i invite people over for dinner he's like, 
He's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and yeah, and you know, because they're so they're like the the perfect example yeah. of opposites attract couple. Yeah, I really like um, I really like that one joke during that scene too. Where he's like, "Oh, you know, before all this, you were all just cooped up. You know, nine eleven was an inside job, and the government's Nazis. The government is Nazis." He's like, "That's now, not before." Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's like just... that that banter. That's the only thing that I'll say is that I'm gonna miss from the video game is Bill and Ellie's banter was so funny in the video game, where she's just like bullying him the whole time, and he's always just treating her like a little annoying brat. That was really fun. <laughs> so I hope they flesh that out more with her and Joel. But I, mm-hmm. that's the only thing I'm missing. But I can live without it as long as they bring more of that banter and fun. Because that was like my one of my favorite part of the game is just really fleshing out the characters through their banter, and that's kind of what they did with frank and bill as they flushed bill out in that sense with frank instead of in the game it was like him and ellie just combating each other these two iconic queer characters now <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah because i just loved watching the way they interacted it was so different especially that scene at the, where they're having dinner because frank's like hosting and he's having a ball talking to everybody and like mm-hmm. you see bill just right there having his gun out on the table yeah. and just like ready at any moment to do something Mm -hmm. Um, but you know like the the closest thing i could compare this relationship to was one i saw recently in um, the film supernova with um colin firth and stanley tucci because they both had this similar similar like like it's not obviously not like a post-apocalyptic thing but like they had a similar um depiction of their relationship where like one of them is dying of cancer and you sort of you do get the same like um conversations about like what the per- what the person wants like their last day to be and all of that and so like the emotional like the emotional impact that this film leaves like that was the closest thing i can compare it to and that was a feature length film yeah and that was extremely well done but the way they did it in this was even better cuz like mm-hmm. it was also like even more heartbreaking cuz they have this moment where you know, um, Frank wants Bill to do like, all these exact things. He wants to, you know, we're gonna have one great day. Wants to mm, make him dinner. Yeah, because this is the the day that he shows like I'm withering away, and I don't want to live like this. I want to go out in a way that I want to. Yeah, I don't want to be at a point where I can't be myself anymore. So he's like, yeah. let's have one one great day together, and then you can go on without me. And like, yeah, just touching on that, yeah. And when that was when, uh, that. yeah, go ahead. Oh, you can go when they finally have that like scene where they're, you know, he's pouring the wine and you know, in the back of your head, you're thinking like, yeah, oh, uh, he totally put, he totally did it for both of them. And then, but then they have that conversation mm-hmm. about like, how many pills did you put or all, you know, all of them, et cetera, enough to kill a horse or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, Cause he was like, how much did you put in the bottle before you poured it? He's like enough mm-hmm. to kill a horse. And so he's yeah. like, uh, so it's kind of, I really liked that. There's so much nuance in the characters between them. There's so much going on as well as that, because you would just look at the way that they interacted with each other. And you could tell that the way that they're acting, it just felt like you're watching an actual like old couple being together. And that was the thing that was like really nice. They just, the nuance of their performance just made it feel like they really made you believe like, oh, these people have been together for so long and they just understand each other at this point. And they like, don't want to live without each other and like he has some great quotes i can't remember any of them right now but uh i think he was like uh he was like i have he's like i have lived with you and you you know 
this is all I've wanted and you're like the one that I want to protect and you're all I've needed and I have you were lived. my purpose I don't need basically. yeah you were my purpose that was one yeah yeah I have lived you were my purpose was like the quote and I was like that was like so good because like that's the thing uh in the note too he I think he said he's like he was like I don't I hated you know when the world went to shit I was glad everyone died uh but then he was like but then Frank showed up and then Frank made me sh- really made me feel like I you know the world could be alive and like just that that note really encapsulates a lot too as well as like you don't have to have a big exposition thing but like having those notes which is kind of like how they do in video games you have a lot of you know out of world world building exposition stuff go on and notes that you find they've kind of had that a little bit here and there in the show which i really like but yeah i i definitely definitely it was just such a good like very much self-contained episode that got the characters to the point where they need to be um and it definitely makes the show because after this it's gonna get real dark obviously um if you don't have a bunch of tragedies back to back to back i feel like if you just have the whole show be like the road then you're just making the road but as a tv show where it's just the world sucks it's post-apocalyptic whereas more in the game it does have that but you have long-winded sections that are very vast and different and you're playing so they they aren't going to be as sequential but if you just keep putting people down every episode or something like that, even though this one did have a sadder ending, it does bring in that aspect of hope and protection and, you know, living a life that's worth living. And that's kind of what they're doing with the show is bringing that uh, overarching theme into the main focus of the show, which I think is the big important part is what are they trying to teach or what are they trying to show the audience like they did in the video game? They're trying to more drill that in in a smaller time frame compared to a video game. I really like how they're doing it in the show, changing the things that they need to make it fit and also make it kind of gel together better. Because I definitely like how, you know, now there's going to be a lot of dark things. We saw the preview for the next episode, which is the whole Pittsburgh incident. And so that'll be crazy. I wonder, I can't wait to see how violent Joel's going to get. That'll be insane. But, uh, yeah, it's like a nice calm before the storm of trying to get to where they are and kind of illustrating what Joel is now thinking exactly what he needs to do in this situation with this person he is now tasked to take care of by himself. Yeah. There's a couple of stray observations that I really enjoyed in this episode. I enjoyed just Frank showing Bill the strawberries. And yeah, the whole, strawberries. Um, I, you know, I love, I, I really actually love that they didn't have. Um, they didn't have Joel open the door to see them when the, after yeah. they, because that was a really like lovely way to just end that, that, you know, moment. Yeah. And, um, so I think that was a great way that how they to, chose to do that. Yeah. I, I love the scenes where like, there's a lot of great Ellie moments in this episode where she yeah. discovers the Mortal Kombat arcade. Yeah. And, you know, talks about Melina's, fatality and um, yeah i like how they got the, the actual rights because in the video game they use a, like a knockoff thing and all yeah. that so it's like cool that they got the rights to mortal Kombat to actually talk about it i also love the um i think my favorite part for ellie was when she's actually reading the letter from bill and or the suicide note from bill and he says at some point he's like says something about like yeah i'm glad you didn't get caught in my traps or something and then you just hear the <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the, uh, it was like it was like uh yeah it was uh what 
hey, if you're reading this, it was like to Joel, it was like to whoever finds this, but probably Joel. And I was yeah. like, hey, I see that you made it in and that you didn't get trapped and caught by traps. He, 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 he. <laughs> the way she reads it, because she doesn't have that like kind of text jive, I guess. I mean, texting yeah. was only around for so long before that, but there's still like the way that you treat that is, is just uh, something but- like that. That's a great point too, because there's another great Ellie moment where, because you, you start to realize she, do, yeah, she doesn't understand a lot of technology or things. Mm-hmm. There's even that moment where she's just at the very end of the episode when they're in the car and she's like touching all the. the oh yeah, she doesn't know how a seatbelt works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, she tries, you know, putting the cassette tape on, and he's yeah. like, "Who is it?" Um, I Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, Linda Ronstadt. Who is I mean, now like, trending because of this episode. There you Not go. to the magnitude of like Stranger Things, but pretty high. Yeah. Which is and, uh, pretty, uh, it's great. That was almost a throwback to, in a way, just a, maybe a straight, mm-hmm. very far-fetched throwback, but like to um, Joel and Sarah when Sarah gives him the physical copy for his birthday of that movie. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. you know, the dynamic of like, oh, we've never seen this, or like, oh, you know, you don't know who this is, or like, you know, just like the bonding. You can, this yeah. is like just a teeny hint of the, you know, sort of father daughter uh, dynamic yeah. protector. Yeah, because he still has his guard up very heavily, as you can tell. Yeah. But he's kind of breaking away slowly and slowly. I feel like in the video game, it was more impactful uh, of a sequence, like the whole building, because they have to go through all this stuff. They have a boss fight, blah blah blah. They have to get the car battery because they have to build it. They build doesn't have a running one. Um, mm. but in this one, I like kind of how, like, this is like Bill's departing gift. And like, even though it doesn't build up, uh, their relationship as much, um, Joel and Ellie's, I think that it makes more importance on the whole Pittsburgh sequence, which I feel like is one of my favorite parts of the game. Mm. Um, and then we're going to have that crazy, like villain after and like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm completely like, what is, I mean, I yeah. kind of remember, uh, I briefly in the back of my mind, have a memory of the Pittsburgh moment, but yeah. it's still like very, like blurry um yeah i do think the like a like to say one more great thing about this episode there was the moment where um ellie's almost done with the suicide note and mm-hmm. she comes across tests written you know like how like how bill had written something along the lines of like protect make sure you protect keep tests safe but yeah then, but then he, she stops reading it yeah because she knows and then ah. you do see it, but it's just like I love the visual storytelling of that, the nonverbal of Joel just looking at the letter and they do a close up of of Tess's name. Yeah. Handwritten. And like that's just great, like because there's so many there's been so many good moments of Joel's like just lingering on Joel's expressions, such as when he was debating whether to like beat up the guy at the end of the first movie or, or first movie, first episode, or when he was um looking straight into Tess's eyes at the end mm-hmm. of episode two and just like lingering on him. Like yeah. How, you know, you're always wondering what's going on in his head. That was such a big aspect from the games too. There's a lot of like very shots where they would let the facials of the actor really tell what's going on rather than doing a lot. It's not a very uh, dialogue heavy, at least in acting wise, there's a lot of just facial acting that was going on in the games. I'm like that they're, transitioning that in a nice way and like to touch on that point too i'm really glad that the story is going in a different way overall the overarching story will probably go in the same way um 
but like a lot of the key pieces are being changed and moved around and like that's why it's an adaptation i would not want like a one-to-one recreation because obviously just play the game especially with the new hd update it's like the game looks so good now just play the game i want a more realistic one that feels like it could possibly be be in this world which is kind of like what they're doing but also it's just like more they have more liberties to do stuff that they couldn't do maybe when they first made the game um the more creative freedom or as well as the more budgetary freedom like small things like the plane crash at the big at the beginning that was super cool and the different thing that kind of faked out people that played the games like you're like oh he's gonna get t-boned no a plane crashes like stuff like that i really like that plus the cold openings obviously i think everyone loves those and i hope we see them more but um definitely i think we will but uh it'll be uh, it's just so good so far and how the they're doing it is, is such a way that is is just refreshing for people that play the game and just a good tv for people that uh haven't and it's very believable and great acting from just everyone and it's such a stellar cast and just stellar performances so far i'm just really in love with this show more than i thought i would be you know you kind of have that that res- it, reserve it's but, hard not uh, to with video game adaptation yeah <laughs> it's definitely the probably the easiest video game adaptation to do compared to mm. like sonic or something <laughs> you don't have as much fantastical things but like you know even easier ones people have messed up like you feel like resident evil would be straightforward but they haven't really done that great yeah like this isn't some okay ones but definitely not to this level yeah and this is definitely like it's definitely setting the exam setting the bar high as far as what what a good video game adaptation could be and, yeah and, and does look like and i think I've enjoyed watching a lot of the inside the episodes that they do at the end. If you watch yeah, exactly, that's really nice that they put that at uh, at the end. You don't even have to click on it; it just plays like a five ten minute clip of them talking about behind the episode. And I love that. Yeah, and seeing Neil Druckmann, the creator, like mm-hmm. hearing his perspective on like, well, every time we thought we were, every time we decided like to make a change, whether it was good or bad, we always like let, gave ourselves one question: was does this does this need does this improve the game? You know. Does it yeah. make things better or does it not? Or does it need to be here? Or does it not? And like, you know, they all, yeah. he, he, he sounds like he has a really great system for deciding yeah. what to cut and what to expand. Yeah. It's great that he's such an integral part of it too, in the writing process and the creation process, because he's the guy who made the first one and just continuation of that. Um, and like, he knows his world that he made and he knows what's good and what's bad and what to cut um, so far. And it's just been really great so far. That's how I feel about, the way I, I'm really liking how HBO is kind of giving a lot of their showrunners, um, they're getting people that are really, really in, embedded in the, in the history of their creation, such as yeah. George R. R. Martin as as the showrunner or executive producer, et cetera, for um, mm-hmm. House of the Dragon. Having so much actual involvement is yeah. really important to making a great adaptation. Mm-hmm. And they've just been, HBO Max yeah. has been blowing out, blowing it out of the park as far as that goes. Um, yeah. But Don't talk I, about animation, but <laughs> well, yeah. As far as far as yeah, yeah. That's but they topic. they've been really good with their uh their um what is it narrative uh, series. Like even Mike White, they gave him all this control. He hadn't really done a magnitude series like that. He's done a lot of shows, and White Lotus is so popular, like one of the higher nominated stuff, and just like continuations of that. Their con- their approach to making and adapting and just funding creating distributing narrative live action works is just a perfect formula that they've 
accumulated for years and it's great that they're just like continuing that it hasn't really been affected yeah for those who haven't watched the last of us yet um it's i would say for me like i'm if you're someone who's seen similar shows that have like a post-apocalyptic world or like something kind of like a zombie sort of thing like the walking dead definitely give it a try because for me i'm someone who stopped watching the walking dead because Mm -hmm. of how slow and how boring a lot of the episodes got to me and how mundane and i feel like when there are moments where i when i'm watching last of us where i feel like it could teeter on that at any point it always it always surprises me with something different like it it hasn't gone down that road like yeah this episode was a perfect example of that where the entire episode could have just been joel and ellie wandering around and i would have been like oh god please don't make this every episode unless it's like the most yeah banter and hilarious and you know some action maybe but yeah um so definitely give the last of us a chance if you haven't seen it. it's only three episodes in now uh, yeah um some of the up. most of the episodes are around 60 minutes but the first and the third one were like about almost 80 so they're almost like short movies but it's only like eight episodes i think for the first season nine episodes i think it's nine um so it's, it's definitely yeah it's definitely not a lot um of commitment especially if you're watching it as it's coming out it's pretty fun it's just <laughs> probably the one of the best tv shows that they of the 20 20s so far definitely <laughs> uh that isn't like a sequel of something it's just really good i definitely think it's pretty easily one of the best yeah things i've watched that's a tv show in the last five years oh for sure yeah so we will definitely continue mm-hmm. to talk about it yes. more and give yeah, our especially thoughts. leading up to the oscars there's going to be that time where we can talk about them i'm very curious wait uh i think it'll it might end like right around the oscars but i think it'll, it'll be a perfect timing mm. for us yeah. nice well let's um, see after that so, we have oscar so, nominated talk <laughs> yeah sure we can talk at least about one best picture nominee Yes, one best picture. A lot of actors and actresses. I was the one that hasn't seen it. Um, I think it was. I forget. I'm not going to say how many nominations because I don't know. But yeah, a I lot. got. <laughs> yeah, I got four acting nominations, which is crazy. Best picture and some other things. Um, what did you think about it? Because I haven't heard much uh, from you. Because yeah. uh, I hadn't seen it, so you can spoil it. What do you think? <laughs> well, you've seen it now, right? Yes. yes. So now so, you can spoil it. So this will be spoilery about banshees as it was for last of us so um so i've now seen all of martin mcdonough's films and Mm -hmm. um i I kind of like most of them all equally i don't think this one stands out as like the best of the best but i do think it is very good it's very well done obviously Mm -hmm. terrific performances all around they're all around they're all well deserved um colin farrell uh Brennan Gleeson, Kerry Condon, and Barry Keown. Are we going Keogan? I think it's Keogan. 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 And, um, I think that as a story, I thought it was a really interesting um, plot. Like, I, I love the idea of a film that delves into a fallout of a friendship. And I think yeah. it, it did a good job of shifting between like decent bits of comedy with a, a lot of like dark moments. And there's a lot of surprising dark moments that really got got to me uh, particularly uh, you know what everyone has been talking about regarding uh, some fingers that um well made their way to uh <laughs> other species 
and caused a lot of problems. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, I almost don't want to spoil that part too much, but it's yeah. basically, um, it's a way that, uh, Brendan Gleeson's character deals with, uh, Colm deals with, uh, his friend. I forget his name. Podrick. Played by Col- Podrick. Yeah. Uh, deals with, uh, um, Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was, deals with you're fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Piedrick, uh deals with uh, trying to get him away, and so yeah, I really, I really think the best thing about this is the script and the the acting, definitely the most. Um, I honestly wasn't as I thought I I didn't I didn't have any hype going into the movie, but I just wasn't mm-hmm. as intrigued with the movie outside of the characters. I felt like. Excuse me. The movie's not that long, but it still kind of felt like there was a lot of just the same mulling going on over certain things. And I feel like that's the point with yeah. the movie because it's very much like an allegory for like Irish struggle and infighting um, in like the region. And so um, and we see that directly with them looking at the mainland and them being like, oh, what are they fighting about? Uh, who am I going to work for for this execution? I don't care. So it's kind of like this outside, like, but it's very much those characters kind of like the self mutilation and self like sabotage and like the want as well for like a bigger purpose. I feel like just at this point in my life, this movie didn't mean as much as it could have, like maybe mm. when I was in my earlier twenties um, mm. and like late teens, but I really liked it. And I think definitely uh, uh, I really like the characters, especially Ozzy Patrick and Colin, the Bruin Gleason and Colin Farrell and I really liked his sister I was not thinking that she was going to be a big uh as big of a as a fun of a character you know just like yeah. she was she was really fun Carrie Condon um she obviously as we said from Better Call Saul um <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah she's been in some other things as well um but yeah, I yeah. really liked um she's been in a lot of things actually um but yeah she, I really liked her character um I'm kind of tired I don't I don't want to be mean, but I'm kinda of tired of Barry Keoghan um okay. playing the guy who seems like he has a he's a little bit slow for some reason character mm-hmm. that has like a tragedy essentially. Because he's played that in like so many roles. <laughs> I think he's definitely, he, yeah. He's that in Dunkirk and he's like that in Banshees of Inisharan and he's that in Killing of a Sacred Deer. And so, like, I felt like those are, like, the three movies I really associate him with. And, like, I kind of, he kind of seems to play, like, at least in those three roles, kind of plays, like, this sad, tragic character um, that dies or has a bad ending. Yeah. Um, And I really think that this one kind of is the letdown of all of those. Um, I feel like he was the weakest character. Um, of those four that have been nominated, he still was a really good character. I really like some of those scenes, especially the one that he had with Carrie. Um, uh, that uh, one's like great, but yeah, him just being dead at the end, it was like okay, that was kind of a throwaway, and you kind of could feel like he was already gonna die anyway. He was just like was, this tragic character that was just gonna like end up in the worst possible way. So I felt like him existing and it was like very meh, but I I did like the movie a lot. Um, definitely, the ending was pretty interesting. Uh, just because you realize out there, you're just going to keep doing this, even though he has no fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 
I see what you're saying because I feel like they were kind of they were really examining the the friendship the whole episode in terms of like okay when is Colin gonna come around to Podrick and mm-hmm. like when is it gonna when are things gonna get better and it never mm-hmm. it never quite does and mm-hmm. it's it was like, like watching how far they... a like cold civil war <laughs> right it's like how far are they both willing to go and you know it's like you know Podrick does everything he can he can't that he think can think of. To mm-hmm. try to get him to be his friend again, and it just makes everything worse. Yeah, and calm like is very literal and very you know honest about what he will do if he continues to bother him, and so yeah. things just escalate in the saddest way. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, with, with Barry Kim, maybe this is the sign that like now that he's finally gotten like nominated for a weirder role like this, that hollywood will take notice and put him in movies where he doesn't always have to be that weird guy <laughs> yeah because he's very much played that in these i mean eternals he isn't that in american animals i don't even remember that movie so i'm not gonna call that <laughs> uh but yeah like batman he's what the joker <laughs> i totally forgot about yeah totally forgot yeah he's in it for like a scene but yeah green knight i forget i don't think he's really like that he's more like he kind of he, I feel like people kind of give that like early Leonardo DiCaprio thing, like where Leo DiCaprio's in uh, what's eating Gilbert's grape, and people thought that he actually had like a a def, you know uh, a mental problem of some sorts yeah. when he didn't. But uh, and this, uh, why does Barry Keoghan keep playing characters that seem to have something wrong with them? And it's kind of annoying because if you see like stuff with him, he's kind of being typecast in like this weird way that I don't like. Because outside of those roles, he's great. But like, it just like peeves me a little bit. I didn't really like him. I didn't really like Killian of Sacred Two though. So yeah, I feel, I, I feel like it kind of transfers. But yeah, I I definitely I definitely don't don't think personally I would give it best picture. But I definitely see um, strong cases for all of its other nominations. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could see it. I think it has. You know, I think the lead the lead actor performances are really. You know, there's a chance one or is that are they both leaders? Are they both, yeah. Um, right? I think Gleason went, uh, because they got double nominated. No, 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 yeah. yeah. Gleason and I think Barry Keown are yeah. double nominated. Uh, as supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gleason went in as supporting, Colin. So I could as, see maybe yeah. one of them winning, they might count each other out. I think maybe Colin Farrell has a shot at winning. Um, but yeah, got yeah, eight best nominations. Picture, yeah, like best picture, I just don't see it. But yeah. um, I definitely think writing, like the mm-hmm. writing is so tight in this film. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, a good overall yeah. film, you know, like like good bits of comedy, surprising, um, very, in, just a very interesting character mm-hmm. that we don't get a lot. Yeah. Of. And Martin McDonough, you really can't go wrong with that. Yeah. I just, yeah, I feel personally, it's such a stacked year. I feel like if this came out last year, it'd probably win like six Oscars. <laughs> but because uh, it's this year, it's like, I'd be like, I was like, oh, maybe best directing. You know, Martin McDonough did a, this very, just really well done film from him. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's up against the Daniels and uh, Spielberg. And right. then I was like, oh, well, original screenplay, the Daniels and Spielberg. <laughs> and then it's going to be a yeah. Tough. I feel like I feel like with a lot of McDonough movies that have won, um, a lot of them end up being more uh, character winning ones than ones for the director or anything else. And so I feel like this is going to be another one where he's gonna he's kind of like the vessel that's giving these helping these longtime Hollywood people get Oscars, but he never gets one himself, <laughs> which is what happened with um, three billboards. He got uh, Sam Rockwell and uh, what's her name. 
Francis uh, McDormand both won for those, but he didn't win anything. I think he might have won screenplay. I think, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's a he's a fantastic filmmaker, and I, I think yeah, it's just I think he's just he's kind of gotten unlucky in terms of the the year he's getting his film nominated for. Because yeah, yeah, like this is a this year is so stacked that any other year this would be like your your typical Oscar like best picture favorite or um like even like I don't like to quite call it Oscar bait, but it, it's a drama. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely like the typical oscar movie yeah um so yeah yeah, i don't know but yeah just a very yeah i enjoyed it a lot um i do recommend everyone see it yeah Uh, i definitely feel like if anything i don't i don't think he'll get director but i think he has a good plan was he nominated for director yes he was okay um, he this film has been nominated at least for him best picture best director best original screenplay um he's won an oscar for a short but he's never won uh he lost for original screenplay and best direct oh wait no that's the wrong awards uh yeah he won for <laughs> he got nominated for uh best original screenplay twice and best picture once gotcha. before so it definitely seems like i i really like his movies but yeah i just i like some of his other movies a little bit more um and i feel like he might get original screenplay, but it's just a stacked year, so uh, it's really hard. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like I would really give it, give him some of these awards like last year and the year before, but like it's just this year is so hard. But yeah, yeah. I really, I really do think um, as a recommendation, I would say just if you want to watch just a good drama, definitely watch it. I feel like some people get lost. Some people definitely will not get interested in it. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'll ever go back to it again. I would definitely rather go back to In Bruges. Um, or three billboards, or even seven psychopaths, just because that one's way more funny. Um, I, I agree. As far as all of those films, I've, I, I I really do need to rewatch In Bruges, and there's a new 4K. Yeah. So I, I feel like honestly, that. it's his least enjoyable film. I, I um, think that's a very fair stance. Yeah, based on it's the a subject really, matter. Alone. It's a yeah, it's a really well made film, but it's just one that you don't really want to return to, but you can respect and say like oh this was a really good movie but it's just not something for me and it's definitely from someone who's done some great stuff before um i would definitely rather like i think in bruges even though it's like his first film was like his best one <laughs> uh, there's often times where depending on who you are that that is yeah. still the case you know, yeah exactly like yeah so yeah. yeah definitely definitely a a strong contender but yeah i i i didn't get I didn't get those full Oscar vibes, you know, but you know, sure. in past we've been wrong and we've had some very non Oscar <laughs> vibey shape of waters win stuff. That's true. That's true. So, well, we're going to wrap things up today with a couple uh, discussions of new, new things, all the new stuff. So yes, a couple of movies coming out in theaters this week for those of you who would like to see them. There's a, for the older crowd, 80 for Brady. I'm not so sure about that myself, but I don't think either of us will make our way out to see that um, in theaters just because we are in Oscar season. But um, yeah, older crowd enjoy uh, what's her name? Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda. comedies uh, uh, like uh, the book club one that she had. You know, that's what it is. It's nothing great. It might be funny for a certain demographic. Yeah, you got a stacked cast. That's for sure. Lily <laughs> yeah. and Sally Field. Guy Fieri. <laughs> I did not realize Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And then um, we got a big wide release coming out from director M. Night Shyamalan. His film yes. Night at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. Not. Bad, bad, bad. 
M. Night, M. Knock Shyamalan's Night at the Cabin. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, Knock at the Cabin. Uh, that'll be interesting. I'm definitely going to wait until I get more more knowledge uh, from people mm-hmm. that'll see it, like yeah. you, which when you get into our watch list for the week, I think you're definitely going to see that. Um, yeah, we, um, I might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, but yeah, uh, I don't I don't think I'm really keen on seeing his movies in theaters unless they get mm-hmm. crazy praise like Split and such. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and then we have some Blu-ray releases, physical media fans. We got a 4K release of Dawn of the Dead 2014. Or, sorry, 2004. Oh. I haven't seen that since it came out. I have and a Blu-ray, so I should upgrade. Yeah, that's a big one. Who I... wants a free Blu-ray? Comment <laughs> down below. <laughs> the giveaway. <laughs> Is this happening? No. <laughs> you got to buy it first, I think. <laughs> but, exactly. And then we'll plan a giveaway if you want um, but yeah, so the, I still need to see the original Dawn of the Dead. So that's kind of before I want to venture back on the remake game. Mm-hmm. Crimes of the Future 4K. Still never saw oh, that. Yeah. Is that, yeah. that was David that, Cronenberg? David, father David Cronenberg. Brennan Cronenberg came out last week that we didn't touch on. Um, Infinity, Infinity Pool. Pools. I think we might have talked about it very briefly. I don't think we did. <laughs> we talk, I think we talked about that we might go and see it, but we never, we never did. But yeah, that's out. Um, that one's getting really good reviews, so definitely want to see that. But yeah. That yeah, I've heard, I've heard some people have enjoyed it, and some people, mm-hmm. it's not for everyone. But sounds, like, sounds like a very X time. <laughs> okay, okay. There's there like also... a lot of the sexual stuff going oh, on. Oh, I see. Uh, for those fans of Roadhouse, we're getting a 4K of Roadhouse. Never wow. saw Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze. I do need to see Roadhouse. Um, there's a there's, there's a remake. Yeah, there's a there's a Roadhouse joke in that detention movie I watched like three weeks ago. It's pretty funny. Oh, uh, and then Bones and All. That's a film that a lot of people yes. thought might have had some possible award Oscar Yeah, contention, but fell very hard to the wayside. Luca. Luca Giordano. Guadagno. Oh, yeah. Luca Guadagnino? Guadagnino? Yeah, Guadagnino. That's definitely right. I was just riffing. Yeah, it's, he, hard. it's a hard name. Um, what was the one that he got? Oh, yeah. He was um, Call Me By Your Name. Yes. It was the one that he got all the nominations for. And then Timothy Chalamet was... reunion. Uh... Mm. Well, yeah, that's that's really the big stuff that I took note of. Was there anything I yes. missed? Nothing that uh, really came out up into my, uh, my radar. Uh, there's a bunch of re-releases I've been looking at, but they're all re-released in theaters, so nothing crazy. Well, would you like to lead the way as far as what you watched yeah. this week? So this week I watched very briefly Bodies, 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 Banshees of Inishirin, I already talked about. I rewatched Children of Men with my girlfriend who had never seen it, and then The Wandering Earth, the first one, because I'm planning on possibly seeing Wandering Earth 2 uh, within the next two weeks, hopefully. I've heard way better reviews about it. Wandering Earth 1 is just like a 90s blockbuster from China. <laughs> but came out like three years ago. It's nothing nice. special, uh, but it's fun to watch. Okay. Uh, pretty inoffensive. It's just post-apocalyptic or post, yeah, post-world uh, dying kind of thing. But they put a bunch of jets on the earth and they're trying to fly to a new sun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty crazy. The CGI is really bad for uh, a blockbuster, but it's, I mean, uh, some of it looks very like PS3-esque. Oh, but okay. It's not too bad. Uh, yeah. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is great. Uh, Tucker and Dale for Gen Z is pretty much my quick review of that. Uh, huh. A lot of the banter is really great. Uh, just really fun. Uh, a lot of actresses that you'll like. Uh, what's her name from Shiva Baby is like oh. the best in it. Um, 
what's her name? Uh, Rachel Sinnott. Yeah, Sinnott. from Shiva Baby. Uh, then they had Maria Bakalova off of her uh, Borat hype. And then Amanda um, Amanda Steinberg. Oh, Stenberg. my gosh. Wow. She's in it, too. And then there's some other people. Lee Pace pops up. Connor O'Malley's in there for a second. And Pete Davidson. So it was great. That's I thought cool. it was a really fun comedy. Um, very, very uh, not great comedies coming out lately. So, yeah. Mm. And then s- uh, we talked about Banshees. What? Yeah, you sold me with G- uh, Tucker and Dale for Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, very, very much. That's what the rift I got. It. It's like just a really fun horror comedy. Uh, nice. And then uh, Children of Men. Mm. Uh, what else needs to be said about that movie? It's great. Watch it if you want some more Last of Us style apocalyptic mm. stuff. That's fun. It's not that long. It feels like it could be a long movie. It is an hour and 45 minutes. So if you haven't Who seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, that is... Um, God, what's his name? He kind of Clyde Bar- yeah, Clive Owens. I was going to say Owens. Clive Barker. Clive <laughs> Owens, Julian Moore, Michael Caine, uh Chiwetty uh Yeah, Chiwetel Okafor. Um, and then Charlie Hunnam's a smaller character, and uh Claire Hope Ashley. I don't know if I've ever actually seen that. Yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't. I have it on my voodoo, so I can just give you my uh it was the Voodoo Free uh, Movies, remember, a couple oh. months ago for a P Rewards Universal. Oh, very nice. Yeah, definitely I'll have to keep keep up on that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's been on my list forever. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great one. You should definitely check it out before Last of Us ends, just because it's like in the same mm. vein. At okay. least that kind of like saviorism and all that. Okay. Well, I watched, uh, she said, The Sea Beast and All Quiet on the Western Front. I did touch Ooh. on that that I watched it last time, but I feel like it deserves to be at least discussed briefly. Yeah. Um, I definitely, so, I'm definitely going to check that out soon. Mm-hmm. Seamus, so uh, my friend recommended me dead a while ago and I should have seen it earlier, but I still haven't. Uh, that's okay. I still kick but, myself that I didn't see it in theaters. Oh, uh, that would have been a good one for theaters. Yeah. Well, she said, so I was actually very pleasantly surprised with how much I liked that film. Um, mm-hmm. I thought on paper it was going to be a little like, I don't know, like I, I was expecting kind of like not not like a hallmark feel, but like just something that felt like very like I don't know, low budget, not very intense, just kind of like this is what happened and this is how it happened. Like I, I was I just I was not expecting it to be as riveting as it was. Okay. Um it has a great like a great tone of, with the drama. Uh, you know, if you're into journalism features mm-hmm. like spotlight and things like that. Um or what's the other? Yeah, what's the? That was the uh, oh, um, the bombshell. Celtic, yeah, and so the performances are fantastic, and you know this is dealing with the Harvey Weinstein um, issue <laughs> that happened. Uh, I want to say two thousand and sixteen, uh, seventeen. Yeah, sixteen, and you know how that all happened, and like the journalists behind the the story that broke the news, and. And then, of course, what ended up becoming the Me Too movement. And so it was like what what I really appreciated was it really gave the victims central um, storytelling. They show like brief snippets of the victims' lives, like when they were um, like before all of the bad things happened to them. And you, Mm -hmm. you kind of see like a mix of, you know, interviewing throughout a lot of the movie, as well as like um actual moments were not not like really graphic or moments of any kind but just like just really like kind of sad 
like brief moments of people that like, cause the, you're hearing a lot of stories being told. You're hearing these, a lot of these women come forward and say like, this is what happened to me. And um, so I was just really surprised. I, I highly recommend it. I'd give it solid four to five. Okay. Um, the sea beast I just watched last night and that completes my Oscar animation list for the five feature films. Oh, nice. I will say the weak, definitely the weakest, uh, maybe kind of close tie with like turning red. I'd give it a three and a half out of five. Okay, it, it was enjoyable. That's um, what I gave Banshees. <laughs> okay, well, it, it was definitely enjoyable, but the the animation felt a little uninspired to me. It felt okay, very, like it felt very either like it, they were trying to be Disney or trying to be Pixar, but it didn't really feel like the, this animation studio that like Netflix, I believe, was behind. Like it didn't really feel like. I could distinguish them from anything else. Okay, um, yeah. I think the best part about the film is simply this, the message, which is, you know, like, it's about all these, you know, hunters, aka, like, basically pirates trying to capture the sea beast and how they act, like, it's, it's, it's essentially talking about how history isn't always correct or, or true or heroes weren't, heroes might have done actually bad things and, like, you, you sort of, you sort of see, like, um, you see a lot from the perspective of the of the beast itself and yeah. these characters, and I thought it was a sweet story. Uh, I definitely recommend seeing it, but it's not like not anything amazing. It's a, mm, okay. it's a fun watch when you're in the mood, you know. Yeah, and then of course, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, the film basically, as people keep saying it, it basically directs itself. It's like you know, it's a remake of a war film uh, from I believe World War One. You know, set in like the, around 1917, and the whole films is, is like showing you the lives of these uh, men who went to war, and you know everything starts great; they're all excited, and then it mm-hmm. slowly gets really sad. And you know, it's basically the classic like war is hell. Yeah, you know, I'd give it a good four out of five because it's, yeah. it's very it's very raw. It's got it's got a really great score with like this drum, this drum, yeah. recurring drum line that kind of kicks in every now and then. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it, it hints that like throughout the whole movie, like this is just going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really liked the original one. Um, I saw oh, I that. Never saw that. I saw that in high school for a class, my world history class. My teacher showed us that, which is crazy. But um, yeah, I really liked that first one. Um, and I think, uh, this one I've heard it falls more in line with a less graphic version of come and see, but it's based on more. It's like the world war one version of come and see, but less graphic. Um, There's definitely a few scenes in particular that were hard for me to watch. Okay. It's, it's not as graphic in terms of like sh- showing you like decapitation and, or, you know, like, um, yeah. Limbs and th- explosions, and <clears> that, but there are some like just tough scenes of like people dying and like, yeah, like they really linger on this shot of this guy mm. who like, uh, is like just basically dying, but he yeah. takes a long time. And yeah, this, like in like in the original, they have some graphic scenes. Like there's a scene where a guy gets blown up, and then his hands are just there. I don't know if they recreated that, but yeah, he's like holding barbed wire, trying to get out of the hole, and he gets blown up, and then all that's left is just his hands from his wrist uh, down. Yeah, I don't think they quite did that, but there is a like maybe an ode to that in some yeah, way, which I won't spoil. But yeah, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. But it's it's definitely like. You need to be in the mood for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if you're ever in the mood for a movie like that, again, we should definitely watch Come and See. <laughs> I definitely really want to see Come and See. I have see the Criterion. It... I still haven't watched it. 
Oh yeah, I've been okay. holding. I've been like waiting to be in the mood for it. Yeah, <laughs> That's well, kind of the thing. If, if you need a little um, boost, I'll definitely I'll watch it with you sometime. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, I think that might do it for us. Was there anything yeah. else we needed to touch on that we just anything on? that we might see this week? Um, all I have right now is I'm going to see Assault on Precinct 13, mm-hmm. the original John Carpenter one in theaters. Very so that'll nice. be fun. And then I'm going to see Wandering Earth 2, possibly. And then I'm going to see possibly Infinity Pools. But that's about okay. it. Yeah. Chalk me up for possibly Infinity Pool, possibly missing. Mm, um, yeah, same. I feel that. I definitely don't think I'll get around to it, though. Um, <laughs> I think uh, one Oscar, I got to at least pick which one I'm going to watch this week. Yeah, I, I'm going to keep up with I, I'm. I did okay so far. I did. I watched at least three since mm-hmm. last Tuesday. So I'm going to see if I can keep that up. Mm, I, th- um, I watched two, which was I watched The Whale last Tuesday exactly, and then um, Banshees. So I'm at two. Gotcha. Yeah. I think if I can, I'm going to watch. Well, I'm actually going to be getting Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris from Netflix mm-hmm. uh, DVD. So I'm going to be getting that in the mail soon. I would like to uh, make sure I watch that as well as. Um, I'm going to try to watch a lot of the streamers. That's my mm-hmm. first goal. So I'm like, watching want... After Sun. That's going to be one I'm going to definitely try to watch. That or Causeway. Yeah, Causeway is probably at the top of my list. I just subscribed again to Apple TV Plus as well as Disney Plus so I could watch oh, the nice. Fire of Love documentary. Uh, yes, I have to get that. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, of course, you know, like Argentina, 1985, Marco, yeah. Navalny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of all the stream, all the ones I can get. All the for, streamers. Without <laughs> having to pay a lot of money. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, we said we were going to be a shorter episode. I think we'll barely meet that mark. So barely. We, <laughs> we spend a lot of time on Last of Us than I thought we would. True. Um, we can't. We can't help it. We like to talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shirt for today. Uh, Lost Souls, which is the documentary about uh, the making of the Island of Doctor Moreau, directed by Richard Stanley, that went horribly, horribly wrong, and he got kicked off the set after a week. Oh um, man. I got this from Severin when they did a sale one time and it was super cheap. So I saw the documentary. It's pretty cool. Very cool. I'll have to shirt for today. That. Yeah. Richard nice. Stanley directed color out of space. It's his most Ooh. recent movie. Oh, he did that one. He did color out of space. And yeah. Ah. Yeah. He got a, uh, what's his name? Went out into the middle of France to find him. Uh, Elijah Wood. Cause that was his production company. They like got him to get back in directing. Cause he hadn't directed since this movie. Very cool. Because he was like, I hate Hollywood. I never want to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out Hardware by him if you haven't. Great movie. We'll- oh, okay. Very nice. Well, guys, I think that'll do it for episode four of Mile a Minute Movie Talk. Um, yes. Again, if, if you didn't know this, we were, and we're now on multiple options for viewing. We got, yes, uh, yes. Or listening, I should say. We got all the popular podcasts. ones. Yes. Uh, so, Apple. audio only crowd. Don't want to do it on YouTube. We got Apple, Spotify. Um, and like all your Alexas and your Googles were on there as well. Yeah, we probably should have told them this at the beginning, but you know, yeah, next week yeah, they can. Yeah, we can said it. La- we said it last episode, so yeah. If you don't know already, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, have a great rest of your night. We'll be looking to get this uh our watch list going for next week here, and uh yeah, anything else? Yes. No, thank you, and we hope to talk to you next week about Last of Us Episode 4, as well yes. as whatever else comes to mind. We might be watching RRR this weekend. Yes, so we might have a triple R 
to talk about. Yes. Save the best for last. Yes. (laughs) All right, everyone. We will see you later. Have a nice rest of your whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Evening, morning, whenever you view or listen. Take care.